Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and happy that you're joining us this time around for this episode of the Jazz Focus. And we are going to be focusing today on a New Orleans clarinet player, but recording in, uh, for the most part, non-New Orleans situations, non-traditional jazz Dixieland situations. And the fellow in question is named Albert Nicholas, who was born in New Orleans in 1900 and had a very colorful career. Uh, a lot of interesting things, uh, well beyond the ken of most of his contemporaries, and uh, he ended up uh, living in France and Switzerland in, at the last 10 years or so of his life. He lived until 1973. In fact, I think he was over there for even longer than that. He uh, became an adopted European and uh, enjoyed himself over there very much and was very much uh, valued by the European jazz community. In fact, in some ways, he was second only to Sidney Bechet during that period. So. Beginning in New Orleans, Albert Nicholas started playing clarinet as a boy, and he took lessons from the Tio's, Lorenzo Tio. I think he spent a little time with Luis Tio as well. It was Lorenzo's brother, and then Papa Tio, the father of that family, gave some lessons occasionally when the boys were out of town. But Lorenzo Tio Jr. was really the uh, driving force in clarinet education in New Orleans. He uh, somebody we might be doing a show on at some point, although uh, his recordings are pretty sparse. He, he died in the late 20s. Uh, having recorded only a handful of things. But his uh, tutelage was very important in the development of many clarinet players we consider uh, classic jazz icons like Albert Nicholas and Barney Bagard and uh, to some extent um, uh, Darnell Howard and Omer Simeon who studied with uh, T.O. in Chicago. Many, many others as well. Louis Cottrell, uh, you could go up and down the list uh, and, and come up with a dozen familiar names who had studied with Tio, who was apparently a very well-educated musician and a very effective teacher. So Nicholas learned the right way. In other words, he became a very uh, adept clarinet player. He was playing in New Orleans by the late 1910s. He actually spent a little bit of time in the Navy in World War I, came back to the city, played with some of the better jazz groups in the early 1920s after the exodus of the previous generation, people like... Um, Sidney Bechet was already gone, and Johnny Dodds, and, and so forth. Albert Nicholas said that he was greatly influenced as a boy by listening to Johnny Dodds, although his playing doesn't have a lot in common with Dodds' approach to the music. Nicholas also took up saxophone in the early 20s, and he had a band, he actually led a band at Tom Brown's Cabaret in uh, New Orleans in about 1923-24. He was playing clarinet and alto, and Barney Bagard was playing clarinet, but more tenor. And uh, the piano player with that band was Louis Russell, who had just come over from Panama. And all three of them went to Chicago not long after that to start playing with King Oliver's band, the Dixie Syncopators. And Nicholas recorded extensively with that group for about two years before he left to go on a worldwide adventure for about a year or so, from 1927 through 1928. He uh, went to the Orient. He uh, played in Shanghai for an extended residency. Uh, he went to uh, to the Middle East. He played in Egypt. He apparently did some concert symphony work when he was there. Uh, he went through Paris. He actually went sort of backwards on a world tour, I guess, and then came back to the United States in about 1928-29, ended up in New York, and started playing with Louis Russell's band. And He was a key member of that group uh, during its uh, great days of recording in 1929, 30, 31, thereabouts. And uh, during this period, Nicholas made a number of other outside sessions. He recorded with Jelly Roll Morton, uh, uh, he recorded um, with uh, the Red Allen Band, which was essentially the Louis Russell Band, and some other groups, too. We're going to pick up uh, our Albert Nicholas story at about this point. He left the Louis Russell Band in the early 30s. He would go back to it later on uh, when it was being led by Louis Armstrong. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. But uh, he was uh, working in New York as a, as a session musician, doing recording sessions. He played in some smaller groups and uh, did some local touring, but I think basically he was uh, uh, set in New York from about 1932, really until uh, the 1940s, the middle to late 1940s. We're going to start with a recording session that produced two tunes. There was a third tune that was unreleased, which is too bad because it sounds like the most interesting of the three tunes. This was done by Clarence Williams, Clarence Williams' jug band, so-called. Of course, Clarence Williams was a piano player, uh, more noted as a music producer from New Orleans, uh, and he'd been responsible for some of the most uh, interesting small group recording dates uh, in the 1920s, using 
mostly African-American musicians from New Orleans, although after a while he kind of ran out of them and started using some of the New York musicians. And he used his recordings as promotional tools for his publishing company, but he always hired excellent jazz players. And he had several different series of recordings going at different times. A dance band and a little jazz band, a, a washboard group, a novelty group, all kinds of things. By 1933, his recording activity had uh, been reduced significantly because of the Depression. But he did this recording session on May 15th of 1933 with his jug band for Vocalion Records, and three tunes were recorded. High Society was the New Orleans March, which unfortunately was not released, and that would have been an interesting uh, experience to hear that. Albert Nicholas was in this group. He's the only horn player, which was unusual for um, uh, Clarence Williams. He usually had at least a couple of horn players, but here, just a clarinet. And then on piano, we had the great Willie the Lion Smith, uh, who we'll hear a little bit, and he also sang a little bit there. Jimmy McGlynn was on guitar. Clarence Williams was himself on jug, uh, and his brother, Willie Williams, played washboard. We'll also hear a little of Clarence's wife, Eva Taylor, singing on the two songs we're going to hear. And the two songs we're going to start out with are Mississippi Basin and I Like to Go Back in the Evening. Mississippi Basin was a, a tune by the very unusual <laughs> composer Reginald Forsyth, uh, who composed a lot of atmospheric tunes, um, like uh, Dodging a Divorcee or Serenade to a Wealthy Widow. This was an earlier tune, and the lyrics were by Andy Rezaf, so interesting uh, provenance there. Then I Like to Go Back in the Evening, which was one of the hundreds of tunes that Clarence Williams' name was on that he probably didn't compose. Here, uh, the composers are listed as Clint, Pasco, and Williams. I don't know too much about Clint or Pasco, but Williams was definitely the publisher. From that session, those two tunes, we're going to go to uh, a swingier session from September of 1934, and this was done by Alex Hill and his Hollywood Sepians, so-called. This was recorded in New York. It was actually recorded uh, the second date, which was October 19th of 1934. Four tunes were recorded, two on each date. We're only going to play one, a tune called Let's Have a Jubilee, which was... Um, a, a tune by the leader and piano player, Alex Hill, who is deserving of a podcast himself. Uh, he was a, a remarkable uh, composer and arranger and a, a better-than-average pianist, certainly, uh, playing in the stride style. And uh, he was responsible for more popular tunes like Baby Brown, and uh, he collaborated with Claude Hopkins on I Would Do Anything For You. So he was a well-respected figure in African-American jazz circles. He, unfortunately, had uh, an alcohol problem, and he was uh, afflicted with tuberculosis. So he only lived a few more years after 1934. Uh, he had a brief run at leading a big band in 1935, which never recorded, but that may have finished him off. He uh, recorded with a lot of different groups. In Chicago, he recorded with Jimmy Noon and uh, uh, Junie Cobb. He recorded uh, in New York with uh, Eddie Condon and uh, Max Kaminsky, Pee Wee Russell, many, many different groups. This group will feature Benny Carter and John Thomas on trumpet. Uh, Carter may have done the arrangement of this tune, which also was recorded by Louis Prima, but um, this is a much more realized arrangement. Clyde Bernard is on trombone. There may be a second trombonist in there. Albert Nicholas plays clarinet. George James plays alto sax. Gene Cedric plays tenor sax. Alex Hill on piano. Eddie Gibbs on guitar. Billy Taylor on bass. And Harry Dial on drums. All good Harlem-based musicians at the time. And we'll hear Let's Have a Jubilee. From there, we're going to start uh, listening to a series of recordings. In the second set, we'll listen to most of the balance of them. Uh, they were done by uh, a group that had two different names. Uh, three tunes were issued under the title of Freddie Jenkins and his Harlem Seven, and three by Bernard Addison and his Rhythm, and it's the same personnel. Freddie Jenkins is on trumpet. There is an unidentified second trumpet player who apparently was from Egypt. Uh, he might have been one of Nicholas's uh, running mates when he was in Egypt. We don't know his name, but he played the parts anyway. Albert Nicholas on clarinet, Kirby Walker or Joe Turner on piano, and Kirby Walker takes some of the vocals. Both of them very good stride pianists. Bernard Addison on guitar, John Kirby on bass, Adrian Rollini on drums. He, of course, better known as a bass saxophone player and the only uh, white musician in this group. And Jasper Thomas does some of the vocaling, vocalizing as well. He and Kirby Walker do some duets. And the tunes that we're going to hear to begin with from this session, uh, or these sessions, actually this session, these bands, which were made in um, August of 1935 uh, for Victor, I believe. And the two tunes are Swingin' Em Down, and the James P. Johnson tune, Old Fashioned Love. So, 
These tunes, Mississippi Basin, and I like to go back in the evening, the Clarence Williams Jug Band, Let's Have a Jubilee, Alex Hill and his Hollywood Sepians, Swinging Them Down and Old Fashioned Love, done by Freddie Jenkins and his Harlem Seven, all featuring the clarinet of Albert Nicholas. Thank you. 
some Albert Nicholas for you in the 30s. Starting from the uh, back to front, we ended up with uh, Old Fashioned Love and uh, preceded that with Swinging Them Down from August 26th of 1935 for the Bluebird label, uh, Victor actually. These were done by a group that was credited as Freddie Jenkins and his Harlem Seven. Freddie Jenkins was a trumpet player. He had, of course, uh, come to prominence with Duke Ellington's band the late 1920s. He was a showman. Freddie Posey Jenkins, he was called. And he can be seen on some of those early films with Ellington and did some very flashy trumpet solos on record as well. Uh, we have the unidentified Egyptian, supposedly, trumpet player. Don't know who he is. He just played the section parts. Albert Nicholas did some wonderful New Orleans uh, clarinet playing in there. Um, he was also a swing player. He, as I said, had played with uh, Louis Russell's band. He was uh, shortly to go with the Louis Armstrong band as well. Uh, on drums, we have Adrian Rollini, strangely, uh, not known as a drummer, but there he was. He was leading a group at the time called the Taproom Gang at the uh, uh, Taproom, which was a, a bar that he was running, I believe, in the Hotel Roosevelt in New York. I think that was the story in there. And we're going to hear some more recordings uh, coming up featuring Albert Nicholas a little bit later from that actual Taproom Gang. We had also Bernard Addison on guitar taking a solo. He's going to be the nominal leader on the last three sides of the session we listened to. John Kirby on bass. He hadn't yet gone with the, uh, or, or, or gotten his uh, quintet together, but he was all over the recordings of the 1930s. And then one of two piano players. I think it was Kirby Walker who played piano on Old Fashioned Love and Joe Turner who played it on um, the first tune, uh, Swinging Them Down. They were both very good Harlem Stride piano players and so a little bit hard to tell apart. It was Kirby Walker and Jasper Thomas taking the vocal on Old Fashioned Love. We followed that up with Alex Hill and his Hollywood Sepians doing Let's Have a Jubilee, which featured a vocal by the composer and band leader, Alex Hill, who also played piano. I misspoke on the personnel on this earlier. So the personnel was actually Joe Tom, uh, uh, John Thomas, actually it was Joe Thomas, on trumpet. I believe he took the solo. Benny Carter played trumpet as well on that session and probably did the arrangement. Uh, Claude Jones played trombone. Uh, Garnet Clark on piano, in addition to Alex Hill. He may have played while Alex Hill was singing. Eddie Gibbs on guitar, Billy Taylor on bass, Harry Dial on drums. We also heard, in addition to Albert Nicholas in the rhythm section playing clarinet, George James played an alto sax solo, and Gene Sidrick played a tenor sax solo. 
Before that, we heard the Clarence Williams Jug Band featuring Albert Nicholas, along with Willie the Lion Smith on piano, Jimmy McGlynn on guitar, Clarence Williams on jug, Willie Williams on washboard, and Eva Taylor singing on Mississippi Basin, and I like to go back in the evening. So we're going to play the last tune, the third tune, done by Freddie Jenkins and his Harlem, Sept uh, Harlem Seven, and the three tunes done by Bernard Addison and his rhythm, all the same band that we talked about earlier, Freddie Jenkins and the unidentified trumpet player, Albert Nicholas, either Kirby Walker or Joe Turner, Bernard Addison, John Kirby, and Adrian Rolini. And the tunes that we're going to hear on this set are uh, Nothing But Rhythm, I Can't Dance, I Got Ants in My Pants, Toledo Shuffle, and lovely Liza Lee, and those were all done for Victor on August 26th of 1935. Then we're going to round out that session with the uh, first tune by the Little Ramblers, and uh, this is an another Adrian Rolini group, uh, probably similar to the one he was leading at the hotel. It has, it's actually a mixed group, so I don't know if that hotel had uh, mixed race groups or not, but there were some of these players who were definitely part of the Rolini circuit. We have Ward Pinkett on trumpet. He had uh, made a lot of recordings in the late 1920s with Jelly Roll Morton, King Oliver, and so forth. He uh, plays trumpet and sings. Albert Nicholas. Adrian Rolini, uh, instead of playing drums or his more familiar bass sax, in this case plays vibraphone. Towards the end of his life, uh, or the second half of his career, I should say, he pretty much switched to vibraphone and piano. He had started out life as a piano virtuoso, or prodigy, in fact. Jack Russin plays piano. Danny Barker on guitar. Joe Watts on bass. And Sammy Weiss on drums. And we're going to hear uh, a tune called Everything is Okie Dokie from October of 1935. And this, this series of recordings uh, was something like the Fats Waller Rhythm series where uh, they would do jazz renditions of newly published tunes, mostly newly published tunes, things that were coming out and the publishers wanted to get a little more press for. So that's the first one of those. And then we're going to pick up our next set with a couple more from that band as well. So that's our uh, series right there. We're going to have Nothing But Rhythm, I Can't Dance, Toledo Shuffle, Lovely Liza Lee, and Everything Is Okie Dokie.
little dokey, everything is okie dokie, baby, because of you. I don't care for flame and glory, in a home with just one story. It'll be so honky dory, baby, because of you. In a little white house, and a little white blouse, you sweep the chairs away, and let come what may. We be feeling so rich in a room and kitchen, what is trouble, just a jokey. Watch our castle up in smoky, everything is okie dokie, baby, because of you. Jenkins and his Harlem Seven, followed by Bernard Addison and his Rhythm, followed by the Little Ramblers. So the first tune we heard was the last of the Freddie Jenkins accreditations called Nothing But Rhythm, and then the three Bernard Addison tunes, I Can't Dance, Toledo Shuffle, and Lovely Liza Lee. And those all featured Ward Pinkett on trumpet, or excuse me, Freddie Jenkins on trumpet, um, an unidentified trumpet player, Albert Nicholas on clarinet, either Kirby Walker or Joe Turner on piano, both of them such good stride pianists, I don't think I can disentangle which one did which, 
Uh, Bernard Addison getting a lot of solo space on guitar. He was known as a first-rate rhythm guitarist, played with Benny Carter and Fletcher Henderson, and uh, made lots of recordings in the 1930s. He ended up in the late 1930s, I think, being the accompanist for the Mills Brothers, and uh, very, very fine player. And then John Kirby on bass, Adrian Rollini doing uh, a strange turn on drums, but very effective, and Jasper Thomas taking some vocals in there. Then we finished up that set uh, with one tune from the Little Ramblers. And again, this was a, an Adrian Rollini group that probably grew out of his uh, taproom gang. He recorded under that name as well a little bit earlier. This one featured Ward Pinkett on trumpet and vocal, uh, Albert Nicholas, Adrian Rollini on vibraphone, Jack Russin on piano, Danny Barker on guitar, Joe Watts on bass, and Sammy Weiss, uh, Weiss on drums. And we heard Everything is Okie Dokie, not the greatest tune in the world, but very uh, energetic jazz performance and all of these recordings that we've heard in this set are really just first-rate jazz performances and then sometimes they have some pretty good tunes with them as well. So we're going to continue with the Little Ramblers for the next two tunes and uh, the first one is the same recording date which was from October 5th of 1935. This is called the Taproom Special. Remember uh, Adrian Rollini um, ran a bar or an establishment in, uh, I think it was the Hotel Roosevelt, called the Taproom, and hence Adrian's Taproom Gang, and this tune, Taproom Special. This tune is actually a, I would say, thinly disguised, but it's not disguised at all. It is the New Orleans Standard Panama, and uh, clearly Albert Nicholas was at home here, and uh, uh, Lord Pinkett does a very good job as well. So we get a, a sense of some New Orleans jazz camouflaged a little bit as a swing group. And then we're going to go to the uh, next Little Ramblers session, which was from December 27th of 1935. One personnel change. Instead of Ward Pickett, Pinkett, we have Bill Dillard, who both plays trumpet and sings. And we're going to hear the runaway hit of 1935, The Music Goes Round and Round. And uh, that will be their uh, contribution at that point. Then we're going to finish up the show featuring Albert Nicholas doing some uh, uh, swing dates of the 1930s with two live recordings done by the Louis Armstrong Orchestra. And this was a band that really was the Louis Russell Orchestra, or had been the Louis Russell Orchestra. It was fronted by Louis Armstrong at different points in the very late 20s and early 30s, and then Armstrong took it over entirely in about 1935 when he came back from Europe, and this was his backing band more or less up until the late 40s when he disbanded. So we're going to hear two uh, performances that were taken from live broadcasts, the Fleischmann's Yeast Show, and uh, Armstrong was... Uh, the, the band leader on this program for a while. We're going to hear, uh, first of all, the Bugle Blues, a.k.a. the Bugle Call Rag. Um, this was done uh, more with the arrangement of Count Basie in mind. It never goes to the strain that we call the old Miss Rag, which many Bugle Call performances do. And this is from, let's see, New York City, May 28th of 1937. The basic band is, um, let's see, Shelton Hemphill, and Louis Bacon and Red Allen on trumpet, in addition to Louis, of course. We're going to hear a short Red Allen solo. He is the first trumpet soloist on here. Louis uh, gave Red solo uh, opportunities in live dates and, and uh, broadcasts, not so much on recordings, though. We're also going to hear um, George Matthews, J.C. Higginbottom, and Snub Mosley. Actually, uh, George Washington on trombone. Matthews, Higginbottom, and Washington. And... Uh, J.C. will also play a solo on trombone, as will Albert Nicholas on clarinet. In the reed section, in addition to Nicholas, we have Charlie Holmes and Pete Clark on alto sax. We'll hear Charlie Holmes play an alto solo. Nicholas had switched over to play tenor sax, and he's in that section with Bingy Madison. And then Louis Russell on piano, Lee Blair on guitar, Pops Foster on bass, and Paul Barbran on drums. So a very healthy New Orleans contingent there. Then we're going to finish up the show with uh, the old... College standard, the Washington and Lee Swing, which will feature solos by Pops Foster as well as J.C. Higginbottom and Albert Nicholas. And that recording comes from Chicago in uh, May, May 14th of 1937, with essentially the same band. So, those are our four tunes to finish up our Albert Nicholas program. We have Taproom Swing, The Music Goes Round and Round, Bugle Call Blues, and Washington and Lee Swing.
that you got, man? Man, this is my old beat-up tutor. Man, what you gonna do with that Well, thing? I'm gonna do with it, and I'm gonna play it this morning. Oh, you can't play that thing, man. I'm gonna play it this morning or else. Well, let's hear it. Well, I blow through here. The music goes round and round. Oh, when it comes up here. Yeah. Show sure I push the first bounce down, the music goes round and round, whoa, when it comes up here. Yeah. I'm a showman and I'm waiting, I'm listening. I push the middle bounce down, the music goes round below, 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 whoa, listen to the jazz come out. Man, I'm just beginning to I dig you. I push the other bounce down, the music goes round and round, whoa, when it comes up here. Yeah.
Washington and Lee Swing will now swing it out. That was Albert Nicholas in the 1930s. We started with uh, two sides done by him uh, with the Little Ramblers, an Adrian Rollini group. And the first one is from October 5th of 1935 for Bluebird Records called the Tap Room Special, the uh, version of Panama, the great New Orleans standard. And that featured Ward Pinkett on trumpet with Albert Nicholas on clarinet, Jack Russon on uh, piano, Danny Barker on guitar, Joe Watts on bass and Sam Weiss on drums. And so that uh, was an interesting group. No no Adrian Rollini in that particular group, but it was issued under uh, the name of his group, the Little Ramblers. Then we uh, went from there to a session a month or so later, November of 1935, and uh, actually December of 1935, I should say. And that was the tune, The Music Goes Round and Round, which was a big hit for the Riley and Farley Onyx boys uh, from about the same time. And that featured Bill Dillard on trumpet. He had been playing trumpet with the, uh, or he was to be playing trumpet with the um, band led by Teddy Hill. They ended up going over to Europe, and uh, we've done some podcasts for and, and radio shows for the Teddy Hill band, and also of the group that went over and made some records with Dickie Wells in Europe. And Dillard uh, played trumpet and sang on that one, Albert Nichols, of course, on clarinet, and the same rhythm section, uh, with the addition of Adrian Rollini on vibraphone. And then we finished up with those two tunes by Louis Armstrong and his orchestra, those live Fleischmann's Yeast broadcasts from Chicago and New York, 1937. We heard, first of all, the uh, Bugle Blues, which was a take on the Bugle Call Rag. We heard some breaks in there by Red Allen on trumpet, uh, J.C. Higginbottom, Charlie Holmes, Albert Nicholas, and uh, finally, of course, Louis Armstrong himself. And then we ended up with a very fast, rousing version of Washington and Lee Swing with an Albert Nicholas solo over the Louis Armstrong narration, but ending up with a very flashy band performance. And so that shows us a little bit of what Albert Nicholas was doing in the 1930s. And... Uh, Sooner or later, we'll come back and uh, do another show on his uh, recordings with the Louis Russell Band, and then a little bit later, too, some of the things he was doing in the 40s. He recorded for Commodore and Blue Note and quite a few other labels, in addition to being uh, in the band that uh, was the house band for the This Is Jazz broadcasts that Rudy Blesch did in the 1940s. But this was a good sort of side view of him uh, doing more swing-oriented material. Hope you've enjoyed the program. My name is John Clark, and this is The Jazz Focus. I uh, hope you're interested, perhaps, in uh, sponsoring us at some point and uh, keeping jazz alive on these airwaves. Got a lot more shows to go and a lot more things that we want to do coming up. And so, again, uh, The Jazz Focus, and I'll see you on the other side.